Check this out. One of these steps changed how I facilitate projects and I'm going to show you exactly how I did it. If you're new to the channel, I go by the name of ED. For all you smart and intelligent folks out there, listen, that just simply means Ed. I have an eight-point framework where we go through eight points. And then after that, you know my slogan, I'm out. Today's episode is entitled Mastering Projects, Facilitators, Heirs, You Must Dodge. Again, Mastering Projects, Facilitators, Eras, You Must Dodge. Is it okay if I tell you a story? See, what makes me qualified to tell you this story, as I always stay, say family is, is because I've experienced it. I love the line that what Jay-Z said, I went through that, so hopefully you won't have to go through that. Translation meaning that I've been here, I've done that, I've also got the t-shirt and I got the trophy to prove that I was here. The trophy doesn't mean that we won or we're celebrating. The trophy may just basically mean in a sense that, hey, you know what? Um, you may not want to do this because results may vary. I love that. You see, family, one of the things that I had to learn along the way in facilitating projects was the ability to know your audience. You see, I didn't know my audience. I thought they were just as excited as I was. I thought that they were uh, excited about change and wanting to be flexible about the direction that we were going to have to go because of the scope had to be changed as well as basically all the triple constraints because the person that was leading the project prior to when I got on there, they, that he was having struggles as well because of resource constraints. So there were so many different constraints happening at the same time and he got pulled away to another project so they needed someone else to step in and maybe I wasn't maybe I shouldn't have but I did I volunteered because I said hey I want to accept I want to take on this challenge it looks very interesting and that is the key word of today interesting so family what I'm going to share with you again is my eight points and one of these eight points when you hear me say message that's the point you definitely want to probably hit rewind and, and play that back and I'm not going to make you wait to the end so I, I made it so you have to at least stick around for a little bit just to catch which point is going to be. First point is, and there's two messages here that I want to make sure that you that arrest your attention, that makes sure that grabs your attention at the same time. First point, resisting flexibility. Listen, I understand that sometimes as project project managers or people that are doing project management, especially when they're in a waterfall environment, which that basically means a predictable environment. What that basically means is, Here's step one, and then after step one, here's step two. I understand that, family. I've worked in that, that environment for years. However, what they don't tell you is the caveat. What does the caveat mean? There means that, again, everything is subject to change. And when things are subject to change, there are proper change measurements in place. But a lot of people forget about that. They always look at a waterfall a, a project as like I just described, step one and step two. And then all of a sudden, a project all of a sudden hits a roadblock or it, it hits a point where it's not getting any more uh, momentum and instead of making a change we keep doing the same thing over and over and over you know where I'm about to go with this Einstein I think addressed it uh, addressed it well he said the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over and expecting to get what different results so 
be resistance to flexibility, family. I don't care what type of project you're you're leading and or facilitating. I, I, I tie those the same thing together is that we have to be sure we have to ensure that we use proper change management protocols and not be afraid to make that change. If you've seen that it's, it's not happening, I was about to go into some Michael Jackson, make that change. Okay, but you ain't come here for that. But seriously though, family, we have to be able to make these changes and go through the, the proper change protocol and make it happen. You, you're, you're the facilitator in this project that you're leading and you understand, you're seeing and your, your stakeholders is giving you consultation on the information. So you have to be prepared and ready to make that adjustment and be, always be flexible and nimble. Point number two, micromanaging. Oh man, this one right here, <laughs> this one right here, this ruffles my feathers. And let me tell you, I don't even have any feathers to ruffle, but that's just a literal term of me saying, I do not like to be micromanaged. For those of you that, you, that do, this point is not for you. But for those of us that don't like to be micromanaged, let me explain why we don't like to be micromanaged. If you give us an opportunity to say, hey, we need, I need this to get done. If I am not getting the thing done that you ask for me, then of course I expect and my expectations is that you will micromanage me. However, if you hand me that thing that you said that you need done and I execute, then that from there on, we, we have developed a relationship that you know when you hand me something and I go out and execute on it, I don't need to be micromanaged. Now I do need to be checked in and follow up on, on and saying, hey, um, where we at on this that uh, I gave you, that's perfectly fine. But to stand over my shoulder and and, and I got to smell your heavy uh, breath. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm, let me get back to the video. I'm just, I've been, as you can see, I've been through getting micromanaged. But seriously, on a serious note though, family, micromanaging, and that's just basically excessive control that really stifles the creativity and initiatives of leading and you're basically demo, demotivating and disengaging your team. I don't know why um, people when they're facilitating a project or or leading a project, they, they don't see that. Like they think, oh, well, I'm keeping everyone in track. Well, no, you're not. You're you're really demotivating them. They're like, oh, I got to show up to this person's meeting or oh, I got to do that. Now, holding someone accountable and, and following up and making sure they're supposed to deliver. And I know sometimes it seems like that's a thin line, uh, I don't know why I'm in a, a, a song mood, but I'll, I'll leave that alone. Uh, when I say a song mood, like, it's a thin line. Okay, anyway. But yeah, no, seriously, though. But there, I know it's a thin line between holding people accountable and consistently following up. I mean, they could be kind of look like you're micromanaging. But again, to me, my definition of, of micromanaging is, is that you are not giving me an opportunity to execute on the thing you, you asked for. And by you checking in and you following up, I don't consider that the same thing or holding me accountable. I don't consider that as micromanage. I consider micromanage in a, in a standpoint of you not giving me an opportunity to either to have success or failure. And if I'm having failure, then I should be able to circle back with you and say, how this is how I attempted to do it. How do you think I should go about doing it? This is my results of what I got from it. So anyway, let me move on because that's one of them. Like I said, those ruffle feather type uh, moments. Point number three, ignoring feedback. Oh my God. Message. Listen, family, this is a message for you. I don't care in your personal life, in your professional life. I'm not saying listen to everybody because um, I'm very, very stubborn when it comes to that. If there's somebody that's doing the thing that you want to do 
or has the the background and it have they have the res, the outcomes from what you're doing you need to pay attention and i mean pay attention closely now it's the other side of that coin that a lot of people will give their consultation they will give you their advice but um yeah it's probably going to be right where it was at when they gave it to me right with them what i'm saying family is is that when we are facilitating a project and we have stakeholders the majority of the time these are subject matter experts so we can't ignore their feedback now we can challenge their feedback but we can't ignore it and i've seen this over and over and over again where we literally and i've been guilty of it and that's why i'm calling myself to the table and i'm present as you can see that when we ignore our, our subject matter expert uh opinions or actual facts sometimes it could result in missed opportunities for improvement on the actual project that we're leading and so we have to be cognizant of this and listen um, really well to, or as they say, use active listening and not already formulating a thought or opinion before we even heard everything that they said. Let's actively listen to what they're saying and then come out with, with our response. Don't be thinking of a response while they're saying what they're saying. Okay, let's move on. Point number four, failing to celebrate milestones. Hey, let me be honest with you, family. Um... What happens here is, is that we start neglecting the ones that got us across the line. We start neglecting the people, the resources that really gave up their time and poured into us by ensuring, because if when you are leading a project, the majority of the time you do not, these people do not report to you. You do not, you may have direct reports under the program or portfolio piece, but as having, when you're working in a cross-matrix type environment, you won't have these re resources reporting directly to you. And because of that, if that's the case, then that is why it's important that we need to acknowledge them, you know, uh, acknowledge them by celebrating. Um, and this, it creates a, this improves the motivation and also by recognizing them, especially to their leaders, to the leaders' leaders, it shows like, wow, this person really truly cares. And especially if you do care, uh, which I hope that you guys do because you're working with these people day in and day out, these people are going to want to work with you because they're like, hey, if I work with ED, I know for a fact that I'm going to get recognized and he's going to ensure that he's putting me first as far as the things that I said I was going to do. And he's holding me accountable and I'm delivering on the output or the outcome of what it was being asked of me. And he's making sure I'm recognized for that. Listen, you all, you know, people, hey, listen, I'm, I'm with Zig Ziglar. You know, money is up there with next to air. I don't worship it, but it's a nice thing to have. The point I'm trying to make is the more you can recognize a resource, then the organization can see how valuable this resource is and that, you know, they want to make sure they take care of their valuable resources. Wouldn't you? All right, let's move on to point number five. Lack of clear objectives. Listen, without, uh, without well-defined goals, a project quickly can lose direction and focus, leading basically to a wasted, wasted, uh, wasted, uh, I said wasted, wasted uh, resources and efforts. And more or less, family, listen, you know, a lot of times I always use this, and I got this from T.D. Jakes, so shout out to you, uh, T.D. Jakes. I appreciate that, and I'm, I'm borrowing it, and I'm modeling it. A lot of times... When, when, you, when you get to the root, and I truly mean the root of frustration, 
it's from a certain expectation, whether we had of ourselves or we had of someone else. And sometimes, I'm not saying the majority, I'm going to use the minority in this one. What tends to happen is, is that those expectations weren't, weren't, weren't uh, communicated clear enough. Here's a perfect example. What was, I was in my, um, I'm training for the, uh, to be able to conduct disc assessments and in, in conducting disc assessment, we were in workshops and we were having a conversation about how uh, this particular team leader, team leader gave a certain expectation to their direct report. Well, the direct report went to another resource and, and had an expectation that, hey, when I reach out to you or when I contact you, you're supposed to answer the phone. Well, that is not true. And because that's not true, we needed, it, we needed to figure out where that information came from. And once that person got to the bottom of where the information came from, as far as uh, from the direct report, it actually came from the team leader. So you had, you had to have a conversation with the team leader and say, hey, you can't set those type of expectations because that resource you sent to me was very frustrated because they had an expectation that when they reached out to do some consultation that uh, I'm supposed to be available and that is not the case. This is why we have calendars. This is why we have time slots. And so what I'm saying there by sharing that story of someone that shared that with me is the fact that we have to make sure that when we are um, leading a project, we're facilitating a project that we set crystal clear objections so there's not a lack of frustration that comes from, or I should say frustration comes from expectation. Let's move on to point number six, overlooking team member strengths. Listen, you'll be shocked how many uh, that if you start doing your homework, as they would say, and really realizing the unique skills and strength of each of your team members, you'll be shocked how they may be able to help you in other areas, especially if you have resource constraints and they may be able to pitch in and give you some guidance and some consultation. I've said that before where I've had to jump in because I'm good with spreadsheets. I'm good with other things. I may not be the greatest as far as if you were to have a subject matter, but I can fill in a gap until we can get that, that resource in place. And I'm willing to fill in the gap to, to be able to learn it to get better. But you, we have to pay attention to team member strength and if we start doing that, it would really truly help us as we're facilitating a project. Point number seven, bad planning. Listen, you already know the model. You know where I'm about to go with this. If you plan to fail, you fail to plan. And basically, you know, skipping through the planning stages can definitely result in unforeseen challenges and delays in which can uh, affect the project overall success. And you knew I couldn't leave you out on this point number eight with my favorite, the one that I'm continually to work on every day. I turn on this camera and just and, and get ready to shoot. Poor, but I'm not working on poor, improvement though. Uh, poor communication skills. Poor communication, failing to communicate effectively can lead to misunderstanding, misinformation, and missed opportunities. Listen, Poor communication, it can hurt your project all the way around. What do you mean all the way around, ED? What I'm saying is, is that when you do not properly uh, 
communicate the vision, when you do not uh, properly commu uh, communicate the expectation, when you properly do not engage your stakeholders and have them make sure that they understand the direction of when we have to pivot or if we're staying course where we're at. There's so many things I can go on and on, but I don't want to drain this particular video today. I hope you like it. It was just eight. There's so many more out here that I could talk about. I probably can create part two, threes, fours, and fives of this, but today, I wanted to make sure you got something very valuable, very important to you. Until next time, you know my motto, you know my slogan. I'm out.